This short story by Cecile Richemin reminds you of the power of love and its magical ability to transform lives. Fish Cove, Chennai, 1995. Crazy. I'm crazy for feeling so lonely. I'm crazy. Crazy for feeling so blue. The deep resounding voice crooned into the microphone, the depth of emotion packed in the lyrics hitting Brad with fierce longing. He felt himself rise and reach out to her, tell her that the feeling was mutual. He was crazy to come there night after night to listen to her sing, ask for this song, and as she sang, cry inside, reliving those moments of crazy love. He saw himself as he was then a 25-year-old man on the brink of marriage and had come to spend a month at his brother's place. They had a sea-facing villa on East Coast Road in the outskirts of Chennai. Brad didn't know why he'd gone there, except that he was nearing his marriage and was getting cold feet. His fiancée Sharon was arranging the finer details of the ceremony, and they'd barely got to talk to each other. Annoyed, Brad had driven down to Mike and Karen's place for one month of repose. One morning, as he was standing on the balcony, wiping his hair, a sweet enchanting melody floated across the storm-tossed ocean. His hands had slowed, and his ears perked at the stark loneliness in the voice. The wind seemed to sing along with her, carrying the tune through the rising waves and the twisting branches. It was a young voice he could tell, untrained, and yet loaded with such emotion that he found himself hurrying into the bedroom, wrapping a towel around his waist and descending the stairway in a hurry. Karen had looked up from the stove where she'd been baking muffins for him and her husband. Going somewhere? Brad felt guilty for lying, but he couldn't bring himself to state his intentions. Just for a walk. Call Sharon. She wants to confirm the guest list, 1560. Tell her, I'll talk when she has something else to discuss than the damn wedding. Brad. Rough pebbles cut his feet as he fought his way towards the poignant voice, hoping she wouldn't stop singing until he found her. The waves lashed against the rocks. The wind shrilled through the branches, ripping and shredding leaves, promising a mean storm. I knew. You'd love me as long as you wanted. And then someday. You'd leave me for somebody new. He halted a short distance away from the girl. She was leaning against the wall of an abandoned villa and strumming her guitar, impervious to the dangers of the raging ocean. Sand grains slapped against her skin, the waves roared and threatened to carry her away along with her guitar, yet she sang sweetly as if she was trying to calm its fury. Brad was mesmerized. He hadn't even realized that she'd stopped midway and was staring at him. Who are you? She asked, clutching the guitar to her chest and shielding her form from his hungry eyes. Brad forgave her. Considering he was only wearing a towel around his tanned hips and was a bare torso, he could understand her fears. Brad Pearson, I stay over there, he pointed to the white villa and its landscaped lawns, with my sister-in-law and brother. Thunder rumbled in the skies. Birds shrieked as they flew past them. Trees buckled under the force of the wind. Rebecca, she said, tugging at the damp fabric of her dress. He shifted his gaze away from her body, feeling like a dirty old man for staring. Do you stay around the area? He asked. One slim arm rose in an arc and pointed to a hut, a ten-minute walk from where they stood. Then, she lifted her face to the sea, allowing the breeze to ruffle the cascade of dark hair. With your parents? She picked up a lengthy cloth and wrapped her guitar carefully in it. Then she rolled a plastic sheet over it. Yes, with mom and stepdad. Satisfied with the packing, she slung it over her shoulders. Do you come here often? The sea is my friend. Then, 
Why leave now? Let's sit down and chat. Brad groaned at what he was doing. The poor girl seemed astonished with his request. And he could understand. She probably thought he was hitting on her. Mom will get worried. I'll come tomorrow. Can I walk you home? Even then, she expressed her emotions with a glance, and he remembered the look on her face as she slanted those turquoise blue eyes on him. Surely, not like that? Brad had laughed and fallen in step with her. That was the beginning of their romance. Worry. Why do I let myself worry? Rebecca's accusing eyes pierced his heart. Why had he left without a word? Why had he betrayed her? Her teenage years were a blur of memories, sweet memories of their innocent love, tender touch. Did he remember how she'd skipped in front of him in her thin cotton dress that swirled around her knees? How the guitar had dangled from her shoulders as she matched her steps to his. Hadn't he turned lustful just looking at her? Why did he not tell her that he had a fiancé? That he was about to wed in a month? How could he have started a romance of any kind with her when there had been no future in it? Wondering what in the world did I do? You did nothing, sweetheart, Brad mumbled into his glass. You didn't deserve what I did. I was young and foolish. I couldn't resist taking you. I'm sorry. He'd met Rebecca's parents that evening. Her mother was employed as a maid in one of the villas. Her stepfather was a fisherman. Without being told, Brad knew that Rebecca was having problems with him. One look at the dark, burly, bearded man and he knew what kind of problems. It sickened him. Rebecca's mother seemed happy that her little girl had caught Brad's attention, and he decided on the spot that he was going to find a way to rescue Rebecca. It had been raining that night he'd stolen a kiss. They were taking shelter on the porch of the abandoned villa. Brad was captivated by Rebecca's spiky lash turquoise eyes and wet clothes. He had whispered that he wanted to kiss her. She lifted her head as she saw his descend and their mouths touched, sipped, nibbled. Their bodies clung, wet fabric against wet fabric, and he couldn't stop after that, not even had the angels come down and ordered him to stop. Rebecca had allowed him to peel off her dress, and her cotton petticoat stuck to her skin. He'd groaned as he slid his hands on her body and brought her to mind-shattering pleasure. His body, however, craved for more and he cursed his rough stripping of clothes and the way he had taken her that night, unable to be gentle as he should have been with a girl uninitiated. But her sweet voice had reassured him that he was kinder than the man who took her every night. Oh, crazy. For thinking that my love could hold you. She was walking towards Brad now, microphone in her hand her shimmering gold dress drawing attention to her body that had blossomed into a fuller and attractive form. She was still slim and looked even slimmer, her legs long and endless in a pair of expensive stilettos. Her hair was styled in lengthy waves, not the tumbled dry kind that the wind played with. I'm crazy for trying. And I'm crazy for crying. And I'm crazy for loving you. She stood there, her eyes glittering with tears as she placed the wireless microphone on the table. What do you want with me? Your forgiveness, Becca, I've never had a moment of peace since our separation. Really? I heard you married into wealth. Your wife is a high society lady. Was. She passed away. Ah. And now you want to mourn in Becca's arms? Why not? I was a foolish young girl madly in love with you. I don't blame you. Becca. I had to leave. I had to inform Sharon that I wanted to break up with her, that I'd fallen in love with you. You took advantage of me. You gave me hope that they were better men than stepdad. But you proved that all of you are alike.
At least, he was honest about his intentions. You weren't. Becca, please, listen to me. That morning I'd gone to see Sharon, she had a report in her hand. A harmless lump on her chest turned out to be cancerous. She was dying, Becca. I couldn't do anything after that. I wanted to give her some happiness. And me? Didn't I deserve an explanation? I came to your brother's place and asked for you. Learned from them that you were about to marry and wouldn't be coming back. Do you know how I felt? I'd packed my bags and left. Brad said nothing. He knew that he couldn't make up for her rotten life post-relationship. Oh yes, the abandoned villa had become their sanctuary. They would meet there every morning and spend the day together. Becca would steal fish from her dad's basket and Brad would insist that he pay for it. She would bring her guitar and a basket of fresh bread. They would cook the fish on a coal fire, and Becca would strum her guitar and sing for him. She hadn't gone to school beyond grade X her parents couldn't afford the fees. When Brad had volunteered to help, she'd said that she would have to take a job anyway to support her family. But further probing revealed that she was born of Anglo-Indian parents. Her father had left when she was three. Becca and her mom had shifted into a smaller place, and the latter had accepted the first man who showed interest in her. They'd moved to the fisherman's colony. Becca's mother had found a job and Becca had lost her peace and her virginity. She didn't take music lessons, but her father was a musician and had left in pursuit of his dream. Her voice didn't undergo any training, but when she sang even the birds paused to listen to her. Oh yes, nature loved her, and she loved nature. She was nature's child. Sharon had found out that Brad was mourning a lost love. She wrote him a letter, thanking him for the sacrifice he'd made. She was taking matters into her hands she'd said, she was putting an end to her miserable life. She left him her fortune, telling him to find his Becca. Brad had returned to his brother's place, bought the villa, and called it Rebecca's Paradise. He'd learned that Becca was now Rebecca and was on contract at Fisherman's Cove Hotel and performed in the evenings. Her stepfather told him with glee that she still sent him money even after her mother's demise. He was proud of his beautiful young daughter. Brad felt sick. He had seen this man running after his stepdaughter every evening when he dropped the girl home. Becca had often cried in Brad's arms, begging him to take her away. And he had intended to when Calamity had struck his fiancée. I bought that villa for us, Becca, he said now, digging in his pocket for the key. Her eyes dropped, and through thick lashes, they narrowed on the metal object. I want to marry you, make up for the pain and loss you suffered. After five years of silence? I know this is not easy for you, Becca. My marriage was disastrous. I couldn't erase you from my mind, my heart. She stood up, picked the key from his hand, and looked at it. Our beach house? She said, where you and I slept in each other's arms? Brad nodded. Where you gave me hope of a future with you? I was wrong to leave you, Becca. I know that now. We'll live in that villa and share the rest of our life together. We'll lie on the sand, roll with the waves, cook fish on coal fire and eat freshly baked bread. Rebecca closed her eyes as if she saw the scenario in her mind. A sad smile played on her face as she picked the microphone. I'm crazy for trying. And I'm crazy for crying. Brad's eyes moistened, and he shut them, letting her voice wash over him. Cleanse him. When he opened them, she was gone. The key mocked him from where it lay. A waiter came to clear the table. The girl, the singer, Rebecca, do you know where she's gone? 
The waiter nodded and pointed to the lobby. Her husband picks her up every evening. Husband. She's married? The waiter placed the used glasses on the tray, moving the napkin holder to the middle of the table. Yes, sir, two years now. They've moved to the city recently, heard they sold their beach house on ECR Road. His body felt like lead as he dragged himself to his feet. No wonder he never got to meet the owners of the villa. His brother had handled all the correspondence along with their lawyer. Do they have children? One son, Bradley. And I'm crazy for loving you. Dash. Author's bio. Cecile Richemin is a writer and linguist with two novels and six short stories to her credit. One has won a nationwide romance writing competition and was selected and edited by best-selling author Anuja Chauhan and was released by Rupa Publications in an anthology, An Atlas of Love. Two were published in Indian periodicals and one in Kitab. She is presently working on her next novel and a collection of short stories.